Today is February 7th, 2016, and you're listening to Radio Free New England. If you're around 30, or if you have a child who's that age, you probably remember the elementary school experience with D.A.R.E., or a similar drug awareness program. We were all told that if you wanted to talk about someone, but didn't want to reveal confidences, you should say, I know somebody who. Since that practice has fallen out of favor, and using I know somebody who doesn't exactly flow across the page, I'm going to talk about an experience a friend had by calling the friend Bud. The antagonists in this tale will be called Joe Yoga and Mindful Mary, but you can just call them Joe and Mary for short. Bud recently went through an appallingly bad time, a bad breakup, slander in the community as a result, and repeated emotional abuse as the breaker-upper isolated Bud and spread rumors. Bud did as many healthy people do. Bud reached out to friends. But Bud's problems were not a one-beer, cry-it-out-and-move-on phenomenon. Instead, Bud needed some support and sought out professional help, too. What happened next is truly shocking and all too illustrative of a wider problem in our society. Bud's friends, Joe Yoga and Mindful Mary, were there for the first beer. But they grew tired of being supportive of Bud when a beer and some platitudes weren't enough. It was taking away from Joe's yoga and Mary's mindfulness practices, you understand. An older, similar generation would have called it harshing my vibe, I think. Bud was sad and figured a different approach with Joe and Mary was all that was required. Bud got real and reached out for help. Joe and Mary, who aren't married, by the way, they're just following their bliss, were frustrated and lashed out. You're just projecting, Joe said. Why don't you try to be grateful for the experience, suggested Mary, who is a champion gratitude journaler. No one, and I mean no one, is more grateful than Mary, and she's grateful for that, too. This advice, which seemed more like a brush-off, disturbed Bud. Bud probed, but Mary suggested that the fault laid squarely at Bud's feet. You just need to center yourself, you know, count your breath, be present. Joe, who may have otherwise noticed the irony in that statement, was too busy strumming a guitar and a stability ball to pay any attention at all. Why don't you try some yoga, he said. Bud, exasperated, said goodbye to Joe and Mary. Joe and Mary gave each other a satisfied look. I'm so grateful we could help. Bud's chakras are all just so out of alignment, Mary noted, as she caressed her gratitude journal. But Bud isn't okay, no matter how good we make ourselves feel about it. We're living in an age of glib advice and the proliferation of sanitized wellness tips you find everywhere from television to the internet. It's true, I'm sure, that there is much to be gained for some people from yoga, mindfulness, and general well-being advice. But the broader meaning of those practices is frequently minimized and shoved aside to make room for how buff you can get or how mentally hygienic you can be. It's been packaged and marketed to death, so are we at all surprised that it's been co-opted by the same clicky folks who didn't have time for real depth before they discovered Eastern traditions, patent pending? And is it any wonder? We talk of meditation as a memory-boosting, focus-honing, genteel replacement for Adderall. It's been warped into a competitive, profit-driven, and performance-enhancing practice. Even among the many who claim to be looking for a state of Zen, there are some who actually mean that they want to be zenier than thou. You know, zenier than thou isn't even just a throwaway idea. While much has been made of the decline of religion in the United States, 
that doesn't mean that we're at a loss for the same social dynamics that make up the stereotypical church hall. There are the true saints who keep their heads down and run the soup kitchens and such, and then there are those often sitting in the front who say the words and go through the motions, but who don't internalize what it means to be faithful. They want to have the trappings of faith, but they gossip, they prod, and they keep in the back of their minds how Christ-like or spiritual they are. It's age-old status-seeking, whether it's religion, health and well-being, or anything else where somebody smells a potential pecking order. But give me the priest, who's rumpled and imperfect, and who tells the domestic violence victim it's okay to leave an abusive relationship any day. Or give me the trauma-centered yoga teacher, who has a special class for victims of abuse. Or even the overweight, scatterbrained atheist who's there at a moment's notice when you need a hand moving, even if he does sweat like a pig. These are the people who know that true wellness is built on the strength of relationships and on character. You can keep the dogmatically pure. You know, the minister who peddles cheap grace and rocks out on the guitar, but who doesn't visit the sick. The yoga expert who can't internalize his own principles and gets arrested for sexual harassment and abuse. Or any number of yoga joes and mindful marys out there who fail their friends, for they're all cut from the same cloth. Of course, none of this means that yoga, meditation, or even religion in and of itself is to be abhorred. It simply means that we shouldn't crowd out what is most important in life just for the sake of being as well as we can. It means when you practice yoga, don't just think about its strength-enhancing, stress-reducing properties. Do it in part for its focus on compassion. Do the same with meditation. Read the Dalai Lama in addition to using your Happify app. It means jump at the opportunity to help somebody in need. That's the universal message underlying yoga, meditation, and most religions. Most of all, don't fail to include kindness, friendship, and a strong character in your definition of wellness. At the end of the day, if we're too busy saving our bodies, how will we ever save ourselves? For more opinion and culture from New England, check out rfne.org, like us on Facebook, or listen on iTunes or SoundCloud. We'll be back next week with the results of the New Hampshire primary. This is Radio Free New England.